Welcome to Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Jolstrom, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the Kansas City area. Now we see people in person and online in Kansas and in Missouri. If you want to find out more about our services, please reach out to us at findingmiddlepath.com. Now today we're actually going to break the cycle. I was going to talk about dialectics, but so much has happened this week that I wanted to jump on and do another quick podcast on behavior chain analysis. This is a huge tool associated with DBT. So stick with us as we talk all things DBT. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us and for joining us every week as we have a podcast. Now, you know, we had a brief vacation because I was on vacation as you all need to be able to take a break every now and then. Hopefully you had an opportunity to revisit some of our past podcasts and really get caught up on some of the tools and some of the skills that we've gone over so far. Now, again, we're trying our best to run through the tools and the basics of DBT quickly, and then jump on board with a lot of the different resources and skills and have that interweaved and then come back and of course, touch on them at different times associated with different topics. But today, and also this past week has kind of brought out the fact that there is a tool that I use so much daily and I've used quite a bit recently. Um, with clients, and that is the behavior chain analysis tool. Now, if you've been in DBT before, you know how uncomfortable this tool can be sometimes. You also know the usefulness of it. Um, We're going to kind of talk about what it looks like. And of course, I will have an example of what I use with clients on our blog. I'll post that today and we will get that um, kind of out there. So if you have any questions about that, just let me know. Now, why do we use the behavior chain analysis? When do we use it? What's it for? Oh my gosh, it's a lot of questions. And I'll be honest, I don't typically explain it to clients before I do it. I just do it with them. And if I, if I just do it, sometimes the anxiety of it, um, will oftentimes, um, decrease as we go along the way. When it comes time to, uh, actually do this, we are targeting any sort of behavior that we want to change. For instance, oftentimes, um, in the past, whenever I've worked with adolescents or, um, young adults, whoever it may be, the, the most severe is going to probably be self-harm. And of course, self-harm can come in many different, um, examples, right? And it can also be just basic behavior that is causing quite a bit of disturbance within your life. And recently, and I'm, and one thing that a lot of other therapists are noticing during the time of the pandemic is this fogginess or the spaciness or what we like to refer to as a dissociation. And we're going to talk about dissociation. So dissociation is when your body is present and your mind is somewhere else. So you're in this position where it's kind of floaty and I'm spacing out. We all do a type of dissociation at different times, um, even during the day. And most of the time it's not problematic. 
For instance, we dissociate whenever we watch TV shows where I'm really invested in whatever is going on. And it's not necessarily that I'm spacing out and I don't know what's going on around me, but I'm fully invested and, and I'm just trying to stay uh, aligned with the storyline, right? Or I'm feeling emotions that come along with the show. That's a type of a very natural dissociation. There's also the type where you're you're in your car driving. I use this example a lot. You're in your car driving and you're thinking about where you're going, what you're going to do when you get there. So if you're on your way to a restaurant, like what am I going to order when I get there? What are we going to talk about? And it's not, it's anything that's not in the present, right? Well, as we all know, there's types of dissociation that really cause that uncomfortableness. It feels like you're floating. You even start to lose tracks of time or even chunks of time. You don't know what you did, how you got there. We've all kind of had those days sometimes when you're like, I just did it. Like I, I don't remember doing it. I just did it. And again, we've talked in the past about how important mindfulness is and where this, this really does fit the situation. But let's not try to solve um, how to take care of dissociation. Let's talk about kind of what gets us there. And that's the beauty of a behavior chain analysis. It talks about what happens, like what's proceeding or leading up to the behavior that you're uncomfortable with. And then also a lot of other additional questions. So let's start um, by just the brief um, example that I use and the worksheet that I use with clients. So oftentimes we have the target that's in the middle. I know in typical worksheets, we say start here. And if you can start there, that's great. But I I like to write down in the middle, the target behavior, what I want to change, what I want to control, fill in the blank, it doesn't matter. So the target behavior for most clients, again, has been, I want to control this, this floatiness, this dissociation, this feeling that I want to escape, right? And as you notice that even when we start to talk about it, we're talking about emotions that start to happen. We're talking about even some thoughts that start to come up. And that's kind of where we lead. We go back to the worksheet and it says, again, there's a prompting event. And we'll get to that in a second. Thoughts, body sensations, and emotions. So emotions typically are what people identify or can start to peel apart first. Remember, often when we talk about any kind of subject in an office, you have your primary emotion and we're trying our best to unravel all the emotions that are around it. So I, I typically pull up um, the, uh, the feelings will just to kind of give people some verbiage to start off and say, you know, this is uh, what I've been feeling. Um, and we sometimes can identify it to a primary emotion. That's not where we're, we're trying to get stuck. And that's not where we're trying to, we're just trying to name all of the emotions. And this is where people get really burnt out on behavior chain analysis, because it is, it is such a deepening of just like a really deep analysis into everything that's happened. And so it feels as if we're asking the same question over and over again. So is that the only emotion that you can think of? Let's kind of explore that a little more. And, <laughs> and it does, it gets a little redundant. Um, but there's a purpose to that redundancy as well. Uh, a little sneakiness in there. We'll come back to that too. Um, but the emotions that you're starting to peel apart, remember, if you can name it, you can tame it. I mean, that's something that came a long time ago. We talked about that when we talked about emotion regulation 
But that's one thing that we're trying to identify. And people also don't realize, oh my gosh, I, I was fearful at first, but I really didn't understand that I was also sad or, or I was fearful or I was um, uh, just nervous or bored. You know, all of the things that start to pop up. And then I like to venture out and talk about, because oftentimes we think, I don't remember what I was thinking. And so I go to body sensations. And remember, when we're doing this act in the office, it's a type of dissociation in itself, because we're asking you to think about a previous event. And again, I do, I ask you about your most recent um, incident this, that this happened, because that's the, the freshest. And so body sensations would be, well, I felt floaty. Um, I felt, you know, maybe kind of numb or out of control or tense or like I wanted to run, whatever the body sensation is that's coming up, we want to talk about that. And even I ask people to take a, a scan right then. What are you feeling when you think about it now? Oh, I feel, you know, uh, nervous, even talking about it, kind of uh, cold hands that are sweaty and clammy, whatever it may be, uh, hard to breathe, whatever it might be, we want to connect that as much as possible. And then we go into thoughts because oftentimes it is a very natural um, situation that happens. Well, when this happens, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I can't believe I'm spacing out. Um, this is happening again. Oh my goodness. I wish I had better control of this. And, and again, it's not the initial thought. It's all the additional thoughts. And so then I, as a therapist, because I'm usually the one filling it out, I go back and I write down, oh, we felt some shame too, right? And we felt some, some judgment, some, some guilt as well. And, and those are things that we go, we can also identify throughout the process. And they go, oh yeah, I didn't realize that. And um, yeah, that's, that's not something I made a connection to initially. And as we talk about it, I then say, so what happened? Like what, what was happening prior to this happening? Well, nothing was really happening. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's not an answer. (laughs) And, and, and it's not to call you a liar. Again, this is where the discomfort happens. It's more of, were you sitting in your car? Were you sitting at home? Did you wake up? You know, just tell me about your day. Like what happened? What did you eat that day? What happened? And, and it's, it's hard for some people because there are some people who are just super connected and they're like, yeah, well, this is my routine. This is what I do. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing felt different. Okay. If nothing felt different, that's okay. We still want to talk about it. And that's the difficult part is that as you hear the behavior chain analysis, you can definitely hear the other person's defense mechanisms wanting to pop up consistently. Well, that's not it. Oh, is that what caused it? Oh, no, that's not what caused it. Oh, nothing happened. And we have to really lean so heavily into the facts and the rationale and, of course, the logic here. And I say, remember, none of this is about judgment. And none of this is about one single thing. And it is you know, it goes back to, again, behavior analysis, and that is that all behavior is, is caused. And so it's nice to know that only so that we can go back and say, guess what, there is a place, there are some things I can control, and start to minimize the impact of this. So um, again, prompting event, we might not quite understand what that is yet. But we're again, starting to analyze. And then after we identify all those things, I get to go into something called short term relief. And I also call this the benefits of the behavior. 
And that might sound really judgy. And I I actually try to give people as much freedom as possible during this to say, no, again, we wouldn't do things unless they brought benefits to our life. And so we're just trying to figure out where is this benefiting you? Oh, but it's not. It's not. Again, that's your defense mechanisms wanting to kick in and say, there must be something wrong with me. Why am I doing this? And that's not true. And so we have to keep those at bay as much as possible. And then we go, okay, maybe a short term relief was, um, you know, first of all, your brain was trying to protect you, right? It's trying its best to protect you. You're overwhelmed. You're, you're just a lot's going on again. I go back and I add overwhelmed to emotion, right? Like we're consistently adding to all the different blanks as we go. Maybe it's the fact that like, um, it's also the, the most recent, like it's been your go-to skill for so long, but now it's been overdeveloped through the pandemic because there's been so many things you've not been able to do skill wise. And so it's the quickest thing you can get relief from. And so uh, dissociation can also not just come in the form of spaciness, but like, oh, I want to do something to zone out. So uh, get on TikTok, right? Or, or social media or something like that. Um, or I, I want to play a video game or I want to play a game on my phone, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm realizing that there is a relief that comes from that. What is it? Uh, sometimes it's endorphins, right? Just like quick bodily response endorphins. Sometimes it's just a break from what's happening and your brain is just, you know, flooded. It's overwhelmed. So really be open to, to talking about those, those benefits. The next is long-term consequences. And these are things you've probably already thought of in your mind, like, oh my gosh, if I don't stop this, then this is going to happen. Or we're starting to also see some consequences currently in our life that are, again, making us want to talk about this. Like, oh, I noticed that I I was away from my job or I I made some really silly mistakes at my work or I missed something that my husband or my parents asked me to do or I made the, it's just those kind of things that you start to notice. And I think there's also fears that creep in like, oh my gosh, what if I can't get this under control? And again, we go back to thoughts. So we add that into thoughts. I mean, this is, this is a, a hearty process. This is not a quick process. I'm really just running through it as fast as we can. Um, and then after we talk about consequences, we go to vulnerabilities. Now, vulnerabilities we've talked about with the plea skill. That's a very beginning place. If you need somewhere to start, um, that's that's a good place to start. So was I feeling physical ill? Did I you know, shower that day or you know, have I... What's my environment like? Um, have I eaten, taken my meds? What was my sleep like? Um, my activity level? Those are good starting places. And then I get to ask every other question. And again, this is the tiring piece. Um, did you get in a fight with your boyfriend or husband or spouse or partner that day? Did you um, have more workload than you normally had? Oh, I had, but I've dealt with that before. Again, defense mechanisms popping up. Okay, just good to know. Don't worry about it. Um, and you know, hey, did did you did you also mention that you started taking a new medication or you changed something? Yeah, yeah. And so we're evaluating everything and getting the bigger picture. Remember, the beauty of the behavior chain is not just the analysis. It's not just the belief that 
oh my gosh, all this stuff is causing distress, right? Of course, we're, we're realizing all of that. It's also giving this, it's, it's stepping you out of black and white thinking too. It's not all or nothing. It's a lot of things, right? It's, it's many things that have gotten me here. It's not just one. And so that helps to broaden it to go, oh, oh, there, it's not just, I was spacing out. I'm, you know, a bad person, blah, 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 right? It's more of, there's just more to it. So after we do that, and it usually takes a full session, it's usually the next session that I start to talk about skills. And the skills piece is where we start to go back and we start to just interject as many skills as we can. What do you have control over? What have you used? What do you think you could do differently? It's not about regret. It's not about could, should, would. It's more about what do you want to do next time? How do you feel more in control? How do you feel more empowered? And what are some protective factors that we can start to build in for next time? This is the application of skills. And that's the beauty of the behavior chain analysis. It's not just, oh my gosh, this bad thing happened. And now I have to overanalyze it. It's more of look at how far you've come. Look at where you're at. Look at the skills that you know and see how we're actually choosing to apply them. And yeah, you, you might not have applied some of them as much as you wanted to last time. And it also looks like you were applying some skills. So again, we're working with what's already working and we're building from that. So that's the behavior chain analysis. Again, this is a quick overview. We'll have that posted on our blog. Remember, this is not a replacement for therapy. It never is. If you want to get connected to a therapist in your area, uh, we'd love to meet with you. You're welcome to reach out with us at findingmiddlepath.com. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for just supporting this, this podcast and supporting um, our business as well. We're here for you. Do not feel alone. Um, we're here to support and walk with you where you are. Thank you so much, everyone. And you have a great day.